This is a Podfire production. This podcast may include explicit themes or swearing and may not be suitable for children. The world is full of amazing people, and once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Humans. Today's Awesome Human is Aussie rocker Nick Griffiths, lead singer from the heavy, hard-hitting punk rock band My Kind of Chaos. Wow, this is going to be a good one. Nick's a multi-talented musician. He's a singer, lyricist, songwriter, and self-taught sound engineer. Nick grew up in the Geelong, Geelong punk scene in the late 80s, early 90s. He's been playing drums in punk bands since he was 16 years old. His band, My Kind of Chaos, will certainly be a band to watch as they unleash their music on the world. This is going to be a rocking one. Awesome. Welcome, Nick. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, mate. Hey, thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks for coming in. Well, it's my we, pleasure. We man. know some people together. We do. We Steve, do. The legendary Steve Dark. Legendary Steve Dark. Fucking great human being. He is honestly. a great bloke, You man. should get him in here. He's fantastic. I think he has been in here, oh, actually. Yeah, yeah, we've got him in. He's, uh, he's coming into a couple of things with us. But, nice. uh, yeah, I love Darty. Very good bloke. Mate, the way I always start my podcast is let's go back to the start. What's your first ever memory? How far back can you go? For music. Um, nah, for life. Oh, life. How far back I grew up in a small little country surf town called Ocean Grove, um, which is... Sounds like Porpoise Pit. Yeah, right. (laughs) Ocean Grove. It was actually named um, by... uh, It was a a bunch of nuns that used to go there. They've only just... uh, uh, the town's actually only just, there was no alcohol allowed in there, you know, oh, back really? in the day, and it's only just been, the lease is sort of up and the whole, the laws have changed now. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was no, not allowed to have any pub in, in Ocean Grove. Really? Yeah, no, I think only in the last few years. So, we used to go and drink at Bowen Heads or Colandina and all that. So. Yeah. Um, so, where were you born? Geelong Hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Geelong, does that mean you're a Cats fan? No, actually, my, no. Fuck no. My, my, yeah, my dad. He he was uh, Carlton through and through. That's mm, not. It's just uh, as bad, but that's okay. Yeah, I didn't we, we can football. Win. Football got in the way of my surfing. So, oh, fair enough. Yeah. And, so, how good a surfer were you as a young bloke? Oh, it's good. You know, we used to surf. We surf for uh, when you used to go. I used to surf for Thirteenth Beach Board Riders, and we used to go uh, on the Australians teams titles. And um, so you went all right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not not. No, it would never have gone um, pro. Yeah. And then surfing got in the way of my football and then music got in the way of my surfing. <laughs> it was never going to happen. Fair call. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Ocean Grove and Geelong, it's right sort of, you know, it's only a big spit away from sort of, you know, Bells Beach. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so we grew up. Surfing Bells? Yeah, mate, but we were there when fucking Rip Curl was still a shed as big as this room. Oh, really? Yeah, it was tiny. It was tiny. And, That's um, amazing, isn't it? See something grow so big. Uh, from you know, there. and everyone you went to school with has or has is working either at Rip Curl, Quicksilver, Piping Hot, which is, you know, what's a company yeah. down there now. Um, yeah, or has worked there in the past. Oh, really? Yeah. So were you a Rip Curl boy? I, I was a loyal, loyal. My nickname back then was loyal because I was I wouldn't buy anything else but Rip Curl. Oh really? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Brand new pipe, and I went no, nah. fucking Rip Curl. I don't care. <laughs> That's shit. I don't care. I'm fucking. Moving. And then it went from that to Quicksilver. So between Quickie and Rip Curl, that was me. And did you ever get sponsored? No, no. Did like I said, I I discovered punk music at uh, sixteen, and I was um. Who was the band? What did you discover? Well, um, I was actually um. 
taught myself how to play drums from 14. Okay. Uh, and then one of my best mates, Dean Pittman, he was an incredible guitarist at that age, pianist, keyboard, everything. He was just so accomplished. Um, and there was um, – I just started smacking around literally on pots and pans. Yeah. And then um, my dad come in, or my mum, and said, have you seen this? kid, he's looking at him, you know, and they bought me this little <laughs> fucking drum kit, and then um, my dad one day when I was 16, he comes in, he goes, uh, look, I, he showed me this ad in the paper, and he said, I've, I've, um, I've answered this ad, and so I look, and it's like five, five blokes, uh, keen young drummer wanted for rock and roll band, you know, and I'm like... I'm going surfing, Dad. And he's like, well, they're coming down today to audition you. And I'm like, what the fuck? In the house. In the house. (laughs) I'm 16. They're like 21 to 30, 20, 30. Yeah. Five of them. What was that band called? Partners in Crime. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm like, I'm not good enough for this. Anyway, they came down and they all walked in and when they saw me, they all rolled their eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, you motherfuckers, all right, right, I set your shit up over there, you prick. I'll show you what I can do Um, because I wasn't having it, you know. And then I just ripped in. They weren't a punk band. They were rock and roll kind of, you know, they were into cold chisel and, you know, uh, most of their gigs were at bikey events, which was oh, really? hilarious. Yeah. The first gig I ever did was on the back of a bike, a truck with a bunch of bikers. <laughs> and um, I'd rock in there with my bass drum and uh, they're like, you're too young to be here. Well, I'm the drummer. The stage is that way. <laughs> All right, then. I'll get you a beer. Fuck it up. It was unreal. Um, and then, um, yeah, well, I was with them for years. And everyone used to come and see this midget, you know. I mean, I'm bloody <laughs> vertically challenged as it is. but <laughs> Little under 16. Yeah, and then mum and dad, you know, realised how keen I was and they bought me a $5,500 Pearl Export drum kit and that, nice. was, that was me. And then I was surfing one day, hitching over to 13 to go for a surf and... Um, no, I, no, I love it. I, yeah, love it. No yeah. one hitches anymore, no, do they? No, well, you wouldn't, you know. <laughs> anyway, I picked up a mate. Uh, he picked me up and, um, no, actually, I was driving. He was hitching and I picked him up and he used to, he was one of those guys that had tapes. He used to carry them yeah, everywhere. Yeah, He was just, a you know, would know every single alternative band. And you're like, hey, who are you? You're like fucking alternative Molly Meldrum or something. <laughs> and um, he left this, this tape in my car uh, called, uh, they're a punk band from Canada called SNFU. Mm-hmm. And I, that was it. I was done. sold, done, stick a fork with me. I was just punk all the way. So I left the band I was in and then joined with another guitarist, um, Shane Whiffen, Whiffo, and uh, this other bass player, Damo, just a three-piece. And, and we, you're a punk that band. That was it. That was just punk. And then I discovered the whole Geelong punk scene, which was blind to me before. And I was just like, this is insane. So we did tours and gigs and it was just Awesome. Mohawks and fucking tats and leather jackets. <laughs> and I think the first leather jacket I bought with my first holiday payout of my bricklaying apprenticeship and to make it look old, I threw it under a truck as it was going down the road. My mum's like, what are you doing? That's your whole holiday pay. It's not rough enough. It's going to look good, mum. It's going to look good. Yeah, painted a big symbol on the back. That's hilarious. Yeah. So let's go back to school. What were you like in school? What school did you go to? What was your first school? Kid. I went to... Primary? Yeah, primary. We went um, mum and dad... Used to live in Melbourne, so I went to it was Melbourne. Um, I don't remember those kindies very well. Um, and then I went to a state school in Melbourne, and then we moved to Ocean Grove 
Um, what made you move to Ocean well, Grove? They always had a house there, but then we moved to Melbourne and then uh, I don't know how it all happened. What did mum and dad do? Dad was in advertising. He used to work for a company called Addressograph Multigraph and mum, she was a secretary for Senator Jean Melzer who happened oh. to be my dad's first wife, which was fucking weird. Hang on. No, yeah. no, we're digging. <laughs> so your dad was married to a senator... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she had four kids. To your dad? To dad. Yeah. And then met mum and then mum went to work for her and had me and Tim. So there was six of us. I was the youngest out of six. <laughs> and did all they all live with you guys or? Um, no, look, we all, you know, we all grew up together. Like, yeah. you know, I was super So they're your young. brothers and sisters and stuff? Yeah, like, you know, to, um, my dad and two of my brothers died when I was really young. Mm. Um, they were all alcoholics, unfortunately. So that was, I was 20... 20. Yeah. So, you know, and, and yeah, my favourite brother, he was the first one to go. So, oh, so mate. And then my second favourite was the second one to go. Oh, Jesus. And then my dad went after that. Yeah. So that's when I moved up here. Oh, fuck Get this. Get away from everything. <laughs> this shit house. But, but so, dad was married to the senator, mm. who's then, was was the mum, was your mum the secretary before they got together? No. No, so then she ended up going to work for her. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Happy family. Happy family. We used to spend all Why those Christmases together. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, no, I gave a fuck. No, that's awesome. Yeah, it was unreal. So, you moved down to Ocean Shore, Ocean Grove. Ocean Grove, yeah. yeah. And, and then you went I went to school to there. Primary school there. Okay. And then mum and dad put me in, because I was always good with my hands, put me in a boys' school called Geelong East Tech, which I hated. Yeah. Um, just hated it. And then got me out of there and sent me to Queenscliff High, which was co-ed, and I lasted about a year and a half, and I'm like, school's not for me. So I just kept wagging school. Yeah. Surfing. What did you want to do, though, when you were a young bloke? Did you always, before you found drums and all um, that sort of stuff, I did didn't, you? I didn't know. Um, yeah. I, I thought. You know, I, yeah, I didn't know. I was lost. Yeah. You know, I got bullied as a kid and my brother, my immediate brother used to bully the shit out of me. Um, so I moved out of home and I was 16. So all I wanted to do was drink piss and surf. Yeah. That was it. Probably not the best idea at 16. No, but I did a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, what, that made, mushrooms. what made you get a Briggies apprenticeship? So my dad, once again, he um, put an ad in the paper saying, keen young guy wants apprenticeship in bricklaying, carpentry, landscape gardening, mechanics, anything to do with your hands. Did you know that he put the ad in? No. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's renowned. There's like, there's, there's like a, a pattern here, oh, isn't there? Oh, my dad was the most proudest man. He was yeah. so proud. Unfortunately, he just had a horrible disease called alcoholism yeah, and yeah. it killed him, you know. Happens. Um, he was uh, an amazing actor back when he and Graham Kennedy started out, I think, Yonks years and oh, years really? ago. Yeah, yeah. So and he then, worked with, with the big boys? Yeah, he did a lot of stage work. It was all stage. So I, yeah. I became an actor for a while there. I went to... Um, after he died, but um, yeah, tried my hand in acting. Went to the Australian Film and Television Academy with Paula Duncan and um, oh, who was on number ninety six for then? What's his name? Um, I'll think of it. It'll come. It'll, come. It'll yeah. pop into your head. Yeah. So that's um, that was later in the piece. But yeah, I just so dad's dad stuck an advert in the paper saying yeah. young bloke, yeah, keen young bloke wants an apprenticeship, and yeah. obviously a bricky. A bricky. I think it was a third generation bricky from Bristol. So we used to refurbish. I spent my apprenticeship refurbishing churches in. What in was he Germany. like? Good bloke. Yeah, uh, look, he he was hard, but he taught me a good trade. This yeah. guy could go to work in a three piece suit and not get a bit of mortar on him. Really. It was so good. So yeah. he taught me a good trade. And look, it has taken me um, 
I was literally laying blocks before I came here today. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I've been a foreman for the last 15 years, yeah. and, you know, in and out of sort of bands and forming that. But um, he did teach me good trade. He's taken me all around the world. So yeah. I got a hand. I, I don't know if he's still alive. He, I think he moved back to England. But he was really good, hard, fair. But And for, for a young bloke who doesn't want to learn that just wants to drink, piss and surf, how'd you go laying bricks? Well, I ended up, I don't know, I suppose learning was a byproduct of having a good boss, you know. Yeah, I just learnt. 100%. I just learnt. Because he taught you different, that's why. And then I, I, I found I liked it, you know, and I, I used to, I took pride in my work, you yeah. know. And then because we were doing big things like refurbishing churches that have been there, Geelong's the city of the churches. Yeah, of course. Um, and I just used to love it, the intricacy and everything. Yeah. And I just, and I got into it, you know. So you took pride in it. A lot of it makes pride. Makes a big difference. Yeah, it? yeah. So um, happy to say all the things I still built back then are standing. <laughs> That's always handy. Fucking thirty years ago, so it's pretty good. <laughs> so you then um, you got your tr- you got your trade. Yeah, got yeah. my trade. But during this time, you're obviously in this band as a sixteen year old kid. Yeah. Did yeah, they get well, in the road to work? Well, okay. So the sixteen year old, I didn't. I was a, a fencer. I, I got my apprenticeship the day I turned eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I. Um, uh, yeah, so, so I... So you drum and get in the way of work or yeah, you just deal with it? Yeah, I'd sort of... Not really. Everyone had day jobs back then, but, you know, we tour, we'd go everywhere we toured was in driving distance on weekends. Oh, that's fair enough. You know, which is, you think about all the pubs and clubs and, and stuff down in Vico and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Was, you know, you'd be driving a lot, but I didn't care because I was And were you making coin drumming? Oh, look, I was. When, were you um, drinking the coin you were making? No, I didn't make any on, I didn't make it until I left the band. Okay. When the, when I left, the guys, we did this gig at, there's an amazing place, pub in, in Geelong called the Barn Club. Mm-hmm. Every single big huge name band has played there and it's yeah. a tiny little pub your feet still stick to the carpet to this day yeah. and it doesn't matter bands flock to play there it's just renowned anyway um and it's still going strong, I'm happy to say. That's um, awesome. So we did a uh, big final gig there and had a big after party and I, my dad came. He was still alive then, so he came and he's sitting on the side of the stage crying, you know. Yeah, he's so we proud actually, of you. We did a cover of that... Uh, um, Cold Chisel song, Asterix. Goodbye, no, goodbye, no, Asterix. They're coming back no more. But my name, they gave me, they nicknamed me Nick Nolte. I didn't know who the actor was then. Oh. <laughs> and that's still my name, nickname today. I'm like, Nolte. <laughs> so they were saying, goodbye, Nick Nolte. We're not coming back no more. And oh, I really? This, yeah, it was fucking hilarious. Did this big drum solo at the end. And, yeah. And that was it. And then after the gig, we went back and had a big party. And they presented, they came in, and I thought they were pissed at me. Came in with a massive roll of cash, you know, because I was still only not even 18 yet. Yeah. Just turned. And um, they go, mate, this is, this is, you've made your money, but this is everything we made because of you and we want you to have this and we want to wish you all the best. And I'm like, wow, that's insane. I'll, you know, Isn't big, that nice? Fucking, you know, yeah, yeah. It was insane. It was so beautiful blokes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What happened to them? Um, a lot of them. Did they continue on as a band or did you, are you the band killer? No, no, they got another drummer. Um, Not as good, obviously. Ah, oh, I don't want to be that guy. Oh, but, um, no, that's right, mate. You can. This is about you. Um, no, look, he was all right, but he just didn't, he wasn't young, you know. Yeah. I was, that's, that was the attraction. Everyone, this young fucking kid, he used, to, he, used to, he used to call me the animal off the Muppets. Yeah, yeah, just, just have a crack. Yeah, like fucking Dave Grohl, you know. It was just, <laughs> you know. And I didn't even care what was going on in the front of the stage. I was just so into, into my drumming, you know, yeah. and, and what was happening on my drum kit at any given time. I, was, I just loved it so much. Um, so, yeah, look, they went on. Um, 
Um, so you left them and you, you yeah. now form the three-piece. Yeah. You yeah. And, are they two mates or are they blokes you didn't know? Um, so one guy I did know because I used to skate half pipes when I was a kid as well, yeah. So um, which was all part of the drinking, surfing, skating, yeah, yeah. punk sort of thing. Um, so one guy, Shane Whiffen, um, I forget how we – I think we knew each other from skating or just being in bands. He was in other bands in Geelong that he wasn't happy with. And Damo was a guy who lived in my hometown who played bass. Okay. Um, so I don't know. It was just – we just sort of came together and we used to do every time anyone on the Battle Peninsula would have a party, we'd play at it. Yeah. Um, and then there was another amazing band back then called Board. Um, I regret to say the lead singer – uh, he passed away not long ago from cancer. Oh, uh, yeah, I really would have liked to have gone to his funeral. We used to get everywhere they gigged, we supported him or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Um, the buzz, uh, the drummer buzz out of their band, you know, used my kit and cymbals or, you know, it was just a, it was just such a community place where every band would know every band and everyone supported Was there each rivalry other. or was it more support? No, nah, it was just, oh, everyone was so supportive. Uh, it was so cool, good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, so we we got a, a good mate of ours that, that um, actually of my business partner, Mark Rick Feed Time, from yeah. the band Feed Time, and yeah, right. um, they 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 are pretty punky as I can hear it. Yeah. But I'm sure your music's completely. And this is a bit I love about music is that you go from a rock band to like he's more grassroot blues type stuff, real hardcore, heavy yeah, heavy yeah, grassroot yeah. blues to then punk to all this. I just love the just the like. To a lot of people, it just sounds like noise. Yeah, yeah. Look, back then it was, you know, it was three-chord punk, you know. Um, were, you, were you doing your own music or you doing yeah, other people's? Yeah, no. Oh, we did some covers. Everyone just, you know, did a lot of covers back then. But um, not Who was heads. writing the songs? You were? Uh, no, I was just Shane. Whiffo was. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Woody Man, we used to call him Wooden Man. He, uh, <laughs> still to this day, I didn't hear from him for 20 fucking years. He got in touch the other day. I picked up the phone. He's like, wouldn't me? <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> I don't know where the nickname come from. But, um, um, so, yeah, he used to write all the songs back then. Yeah. And I was comfortable with that. All I wanted to do was do the best I could behind the drum kit. You yeah. Know? And, um, yeah, fuck, we used to play gigs everywhere. It was unreal. So then, um, what do you? Um, what was your plan then? You're going to make it? Yeah, it was. was it going to be a big band? Yeah, get signed? we were just so keen. Did we, you get signed? No, no. Um, and it's amazing that I've, there's a song on the on the debut album of my latest band now called "Stop Running," which is about me chasing success. Yeah. Uh, the film clip's coming out in a couple of weeks, actually. Um, yeah, and it's always right there. And for some, every single time for the last thirty years, Nearly. I've just been able to touch it, yeah. and it's just <laughs> not taken from me. You know, really, every time. So this is my last crack. And do you um, think that's something that is meant to happen to get you to this position? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, a lot of it's been me, you know. Yeah. Um, the reason and that self-sabotage is always a little bit. Thing, yeah, yeah, you know, there's been um, one of the biggest ones was a band I joined first joined up here, um, and I'd sabotage. I met a girl and say no more. Um, the wrong girl. Uh, down there, though, uh, uh, with the brothers dying and dad dying, and it was just time to move on. Yeah, you know? for sure. And that's what, why you come to the, why'd you come to the Gold Coast? Um, a lot of the guys from Grove moved to Gold Coast. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I just, and they would, you know, you'd ring them and they're just fucking so happy. It's warm. Yeah. There's girls. <laughs> the surf. There's surf. There's girls. <laughs> There's some girls. A couple of girls getting around, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, I like girls. So how old so, were you when you moved up here? 21. Okay, yeah. good age. Yeah, <laughs> fuck me. Did I just grab this? I just went nuts up here. Yeah. Yeah, joined a band. Luckily, I don't know, I was working with a as a 
Bricky and the labourer. His flatmate was a guitarist who I still play with today. He and I co-wrote the album. Yeah. And uh, I heard you play guitar. Yeah, I heard you play drums. Let's have a jam. And, you know, that was it. <laughs> Fucking it started. Yeah, we started off, you know. Um, and we, we, I just love the Goldie. I just, they used to call me TT because I'd only go to work from Tuesdays to Thursdays. <laughs> Fucking party. party uh, it was unreal. Party. So Thursdays was dollar night, usually at the edge or the hedge, as we used to call it, in Broad Beach. And then Friday night was the party. Saturday night was anywhere, usually Beach Road. Uh, and then Sunday was Fish O's and then Beach Road. Yeah, yeah. the old Fish O's. Though. Old Fish O's, man. There's only one Fish O's. There's only one. I used to drop. Uh, my brother lived up here for years when we were little, and I well, I say little. I was sort of 17, 18, and we used to come and visit him. We used to go to proper fish shows. Yeah, it was. I mean, the bands they had there. Oh, it's unreal! It's unreal. Oh. Every year for four years in a row, I would get there for New Year's. I'd be the first one lining up. Yep. And I got the island every. You know, oh, the really? island in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got that every year for four years. Wow. And then someone cottoned on to me and they beat me to it. I'm oh. like, fucking split me <laughs> this island, man. I'm having it. It's, it's my fucking Birthright, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame for shows like all changed. Yeah, well, you know, like the playroom, you know, I used yeah. to live in that place. Mm. Yeah, there's a thing on Facebook called I Remember the Playroom, and it's amazing if you want to go down, you know, memory lane. Memory lane. Yeah, yeah. It's, in, it's so good. So I went down to uh, Playroom a couple of weeks ago and I had an old. Uh, photo of the playroom. Yeah. And I got my phone and I held it up, stood in the exact same spot that the photo was taken and t- I was videoing the, the, the car park that's there now, the fucking car park, and then I put the uh, the photo up in front of it. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, it got so many hits. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so now it's Nick from – because a lot of clubs are, and pubs are shutting down because of COVID. They are, yeah. Um, so when we come back to play gigs again, there's going to be – Quite a percentage less, of course. You know, and I just sort of do a little shout out to those clubs that you know, unfortunately, didn't had to, didn't make it. You know, so, and it got a lot of, um, yeah, it got, it's, it's amazing. We always try and create content, but this little thing that took me two minutes to do, That's funny, isn't it? And and even some girls back then are like, "Is this Nick from the party?" I'm like, "Oh no, <laughs> fuck! What am I doing?" <laughs> like three different people are like, "I know you." Oh, fuck, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Like Melbourne's and all those sort of places. Yeah, it's yep, all gone yep, now. Used to live there, in is, there is rumours that they're um, they're replacing them with other bars and stuff. Okay. But it won't be the same. Nah. Like, and yeah. even you mentioned earlier about Dollar Drink Night. Like oh, those please. Sort of... Go out with 20 bucks and you'd still have enough to, <laughs> to get a pizza and a cab home. You'd be ridiculous, shit place, wasn't it? You know? Absolutely yeah. ludicrous. And I was, a, I was a glassy at uh, Beach Road for a while there. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I used to go around and steal all people's glasses. All my mates had no money and I'd take their drinks that were half full and just drop it off to my mates. On the way past? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you took me drinks. Sorry, mate. It's Sorry, fucking busy. No, no, no. Fuck. But mind. your mates were laughing. No, they were drunk. Just broke and drunk because you do what you can, you know. So when you were working Tuesday to Thursday, mm-hmm. what were you doing? Laying bricks. bricks. Yep, yep. And so you always doing it for other people or did you do it for yourself? No, always other people, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, my drinking was getting in the way of my work. I mean, my working was getting in the way of my drinking. Yeah. So I was never going to cut it on my own. And I was happy doing it that way. You know, everyone who went out on their own at some stage went broke and came back. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. Let so, me just continue. 
Yeah, so then after a while I realised, you know, my body's not going to last that long. So I was working for a big company called Panther and a wonderful director there named Peter Martin, he gave me my first crack at being a foreman. Okay. So, and after that, you know, money was good, not land blocks, just, you know. on the bit, bit easier on the body. On the tape and the pencil and yeah. ordering and it was brilliant. So, un- so yeah. continued to do that? That's, yeah, yeah, in and out of a few big companies. and um, But then I... Worked for a company, which I'm not going to name names in this yeah. one. Um, unfortunately, I had a big elbow accident. How'd you do that? Um, just it wasn't my it fault. Was work, work it was a work-related, oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, I uh, yeah, it ended my drumming career. That was it. Oh, really? Yeah, I nearly lost the use of it. I've had five operations on it. Jesus. So that was it. I was devastated. So I was on work cover for three years just depression. Oh, yeah, can't be good for anyone. No drums. I was cried for a week. I was just, I couldn't, I was like, what am I going to do, you know? Um, yeah, so then a, a mate of mine said, look, if, if, if he's admitted liability, you might be entitled to some money. And I'm like, I'm not the suing kind of guy. I don't yeah. sue people, you know. And anyway, and he goes, look, he's admitted liability. So I just went and saw some uh, legal team and uh, they said, look, you got a good case here. So I ended up getting half a million. Nice. Uh, I've only we, I got to two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. You know, you got to pay all your work cover back. All um, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it's it's you know um, I wouldn't be able to really lay blocks again. So I'm still doing foreman work now. So still ruined your drumming career. Still ruined my drumming career, but. Um, uh, yeah, the guitarist Andy I was telling you about earlier. We lost contact for ten years. And uh, and this was before this injury, and um, we were at a Hoodoo Gurus gig at the at um, the Gurus. I know, right? Remember them? Oh, they're yeah. still around. I know, I know. <laughs> we went and saw them at the Surumay Wines for Day on the Green oh, about a year mate. and a half ago. They still got it too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. He's unreal. Anyway, we were at a uh, Hoodoo Gurus gig uh, at the Cooley Hotel. Mm. And he's like, Nolte. And I'm like, there's only one person who knows that name. Like, yes. <laughs> Grav, what are you doing? He's like, mate, let's let's jam, you know. Um, this is after I left the band 10 years ago. Yeah. This chick I was telling you about. And so yeah. what happened with her? Didn't work? No, nah, she was a horrible human. Oh, just not a good human being. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, love is blind. You learn. You learn. Do you, though? <laughs> you do? So, yeah, um, and so he's caught up with the coolie. Yeah, and he's like, let's let's jam. I said, listen, I'm living in a, um, oh, this fucking house. I was living in a bloody Nobby's there, the pirate house. Fuck, what a debaucherous. I was there for like 10 years. What was the pirate house? The talk, pirate, talk me through the pirate the house. The pirate house was right across the road from Nobby Surf Club. Yeah. And we kept it in the family. And by family, I mean our group of friends for yeah. nearly 12 years. So renting it? Yeah, renting yeah. it. And, and it was just. My God, the shit we did in there was insane. You know, Sundays, for some reason, after Fisho shut down, everyone was looking for a Sunday session. Uh, Sorry, after the second Fisho shut down, everyone, we were sitting in the Nobby's Surf Club one afternoon and all of a sudden it was just a queue of people that somewhere online decided that that's where the new Sunday and then it was like that what, for Nobby year, Surf Club? Nobby Surf Club. Oh, really? Yeah, the bouncers, did, well, there was no bouncers. <laughs> and they had to rearrange the whole place and all of a sudden it was standing room only right across the road from the fucking pirate house. And I'm like, you can't write this shit. <laughs> so then it's every Sunday when the surf club had closed, right, over here, where? house on the right, yes. There you go, 83, 83, sweetheart, there you go. Right across the road, mind you. Step and, they, and it was just <laughs> fucking debaucherous, man. So, <laughs> um, so, so that was a year of I can't remember much about that year, but there was a little, 
a little room downstairs and I converted that into a studio. Uh, and then I just, you know, bought a drum kit. I started off with an electric drum kit because I couldn't play drums and it was yeah. not anyone would care. But And then um, so Andy said uh, on this day at the Huda Gurus, I said, I'll, I'll build this studio. He goes, you build a studio, I'll come and play. Well, right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I will. And I said, sweet. So I rang him a week later. Studio's Studio's built. built. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. He's like, what? Get your ass around here, you know, and he hadn't pulled out his Gibson SG and his Marshall stack for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Do you still have it? Yeah, so he brings it around. But did he still have it? Was he still good? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't lose it? Yeah, I did a bit, but it didn't take long. To come back. No, nah, yeah. not like at all. Riding a bike, isn't it? Yeah, so he's plugged it in and we're like, yeah, one, two, three, four, and the whole big, big blue flame just, the whole amp exploded. And then we're like, well, that was short-lived. That was the end of that. So he had to go and get his amp fixed and then sure enough he did. And um, I think the first song off the album... The new album. The new album. Um, we was the first song we wrote back then. So wow. How which, many years ago was that? Uh, ten years ago, yeah. Um, and it took us half an hour. I wrote the lyrics when I was living in the US. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, we, 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 that was, it, it just stood the test of time and, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's incredible, yeah. man. Well, the thing is, I love telling stories, right? That's the whole reason I podcast is because yeah. I love telling stories. I love hearing stories. And to me, storytelling is an art. Yeah. And like I teach my sales guys, we don't sell, we tell stories. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it's all about. And that's what songwriting is all about. Because yeah, obviously it's yeah. a different way to actually yeah. um, promote and produce a story. And I, I love that the sort of last the test of time because they do. Yeah, All yeah. the great songs. If yeah. you cut them back, like I've been, I don't even know why, but listening to a lot of old sort of uh, chisel songs and stuff that, that these young girls, probably 18 years old, have been singing acoustically. Totally. And you sit there and go, fuck me, that's flame trees. Yeah, like, yeah. My daughter comes and says, Dad, did you hear this song? This is your type of music. I said, that's flame trees. She goes, how do you know that song? I said, because it's 40 years old. Like, it's just bizarre how, yeah. like, it lasts the test of time. Yeah. And I, I find it really interesting that um, as you tell these stories, they can continue, which is the same as a book and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. the fact that you've written this previously and then put music to it, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wrote it in, in the US. So what uh, were you in the US for? So this is an, an, another... Some of the shit I've done. Um, <laughs> so I went to the actor. I wanted to be an actor yeah, when yeah. I first moved up here. So you're 21. 21. Um, started, you know, going to acting classes and then... Is that because Dad was an actor? Yeah, well, yeah, yes and no. It's just something I always wanted to do. Yeah. You know, and Mum was like, you're king, me. You want to do, be an actor? I'm like, yeah, I really do. She goes, right. You know, Mum supported me through... Mum and Dad supported me through yeah. everything. You know, we used to play punk music in their lounge room <laughs> every fucking weekend. And they That's never, good, darling. That's never good. batted an eye. <laughs> the, 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 mind you, the neighbours wouldn't have wanted to because all these punks coming around. <laughs> Shut up, what'd you say? <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, we... Uh, we um, started, I started doing, you know, acting classes and then went to the Australian Film and Television Academy with John Orchick and Paul oh, Duncan. There you go. There yeah. you go. And you had to come to me. And that was amazing, three years. And we graduated from that and I moved to Sydney, which was when 
I left Andy yeah. and met the girl and I was meant to come back and, you know, moved to Sydney and um, had a great agent down there and was starting getting heaps of work, did a bit on Home and Away. Um, oh, that's where I've seen you, bro. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was a fucking, you know. You're that bloke in the back, I remember. No, no, we, yeah, I, was, I, had, so I had some speaking, I had a bit of a speaking role with Alf, actually. Did you? Yeah. Um, Ray Mayer, what an absolute legend of a yeah, human. Yeah, yeah. Jesse swears just as much. Uh, does he? Yeah, except it's the actual swearing. Um, awesome. Flame and mongrel is it? Um, <laughs> But he's a really nice bloke. But I did. I played uh, the state emergency service guy. Someone fell off the cliff and we had a bit of a, you know, for a couple of days there. I did a few days, which was good. It wasn't much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did a couple of ANSET commercials. Um, That went well. Brother, yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) I noticed they started going broke after that commercial (laughs) came out. Um, Sorry. (laughs) And then uh, what else? A brother commercial, brother sewing machine commercial, a few other things. It was good, you know. my. The girl I met, she moved up here out to Byron. I just chased her up the, up here, and he's like, "Dude, don't do this." This is your agent. Yeah, he yeah. goes, "You're on the precipice, buddy." You know, people were asking to. That bloke's going to be Thor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're giving it up for a girl. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Don't do it." Yeah. Honestly. And you did. And I did. Mm-hmm. So anyway, then I got back into it up here. Joined the Australian Film or TAFTA, uh, and then graduated from that, and then Clay. Uh, Clayton Watson, one of my best mates, he got a f- decent role in The Matrix 2 and 3. Oh, wow. Yeah, he played the kid. He's the young kid. Oh, really? Yeah, it's Clay. Yeah, yeah. So we made a pack with each other, you know. Whoever That's makes pretty it cool. first takes the other one with. He'd already won an uh, AFI. And, for um, what? For, he was in Always Greener as oh, well. Wow. Yeah, so he thanked me during this speech. Oh, did I want to thank me, mate. Noldy up there from coming all the way from fucking Queensland. You rock, mate, my quan. I'm like, you can just hear me in the back. Woo! <laughs> Love it. Um, so then he got the role in The Matrix. That's huge. It is huge. It is huge. And I I was going through hell with this chick by then. I was not in a good mindset. He's like, mate, you gotta you got to get out of this situation. And he goes, I want you to come to LA with me for the premieres. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I've already spoken to everyone, my agents and everyone, and there's a ticket there for you. It's yours. It's a one-time offer. And I'm like... I'll take it. So I'd, I had no money. I sold everything I had, and I still only had 800 bucks. I sold you, my car. Had you broke up with the bird? Yep. Yep. Um, I had one bag of clothes, and I, that was it in my whole life. And I'm like, how did it get down to one bag of clothes? <laughs> so I left the country, and I was gone for a year. Um, yeah, we did the – So you're living over there with him? Living over there with some other friends of mine from – mate of mine, Marty, who was a bricklayer. He moved over there 10 years earlier and married a Cuban-American girl and had a kid. And I told him I was coming. He goes, mate, I've got your work. i got you this. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, and I'm getting a freight gain card off the Mexicans for 80 bucks. <laughs> I work like a charm. I've got jury duty and everything. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, we did the did the uh, the LA premiere, the New York premiere. Keanu got us. Um, so you a, got to meet him? Yeah, yeah, we hung out. He was really cool. He ended up yeah. getting us a hotel at the uh, in New York. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, um, at the Regent. Yeah. Um, we became really, really good mates, and um, he and Clay are great mates. And so are they still mates to this day? Yeah. Oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame Clay didn't get the call up for the second or the next the new next Matrix, one, yeah. but I think they, that's their moving... Forward, I don't know what's so going on. So is Keanu on the next Matrix? He is. He is. Yeah, he's an amazing human. Everything you read is so true. Really? Yeah, he's unreal. Oh wow. Yeah, we were out the front of uh, the region one night having a having a having a ciggy and a beer, and this 
dude comes past and he said something derogatory about um, a Kerry Ann Moss, you know, and Keanu being the nice guy, you know, he's like, oh, you know, that's not really an appropriate question. Me had a few grogs of me. Listen here, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> and Clay's like, Noldy, Noldy, no, no, no down no, boy. No. <laughs> Fucking funny. Who's that little bloke with the accent? Li- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was funny as we were, um, we were going into the, uh, we met, um, uh, oh, I can't think of his name now, another big actor over there. We, we became really good mates with him. And um, we saw him at the uh, walking down the black carpet going into the New York prem. He's like, Clay, Nico, over here. We're like, oh, g'day, mate, what are you doing? He's like, we got some kick-ass seats. We ended up walking down the red carpet with me, Clay, <laughs> Keanu and um, Janet Jackson. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It was unreal. I'm like, how the fuck did we get here? It was cool, yeah. I'm from, like, Porpoise Pit. <laughs> yeah, I fucking got 80 bucks to me name and I'm staying here, you know. Why, why not? It was short-lived, but then Clay moved. Uh, he went to the UK and did the full circuit, you know. But for me, Jesus, you know. So you got to hang out. Where'd you stay over there? With your uh, mate, your other yeah, mate? Yeah, so that was then we flew back to LA and we were living in um, Orange County. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, so I was there for a year and ended up working on, uh, working on. I got sick of bricklaying and then went down to San Diego and worked on the tuna boats. Oh, wow. Yeah, so working, you know, we used to go down into. So during this time over there, are you still playing music? No, no, no. I gave music away for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. It was weird not playing music. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's your outlet yeah, as well. Like yeah. it, it must be the thing, especially beating the crap out of some drums. Oh, it's nice got to, to hit them hard form. too, you know. Especially yeah. when you've got a, a woman in your life you want to get out of as oh, well. Oh, but yeah, it's like all my energy <laughs> yeah. coming. Um, so what made you move back to Oz? Uh, so what happened is Marty and Marilyn, um, who were living with over there, uh, I was there for a year, you know, so, I, you know, what a tell. You're starting yeah. to think, yeah, my, yeah. I probably outstayed my welcome yeah. a little bit. But um, we, Marilyn's best friend is married to Mike McCready, who was the lead guitarist out of Pearl Jam. So we used to go to all their gigs and watch all their gigs side of stage. <sighs> yeah. So every time they come over here, we get to go on two of them. Not awesome. as a band, but just as friends. Yeah. You know? uh, and got to know Mike really well. He's just awesome. Um, I'm still trying to figure out a way to get a CD into his hand, but <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, mate. <laughs> he listens to this podcast. He tells me every week. Yeah, awesome. I love your podcast yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so that was really cool and they were, they were going to tour back here so we sort of came back um i came back one to not wear out my welcome and just to sort of you know i had to start my life again i yeah. suppose so, so you come back to the gold coast come straight back to the goldie and then that's when i went to the huda gurus concert saw andy um and then we that was it this little uh the music career started from then so 10 years ago or so when yeah. did you move out of the pirate house um, eight years ago. So what? Because yeah. that's a big boy decision. Yeah, it was a big boy decision. <laughs> I met a girl. She was a um, um, contracts manager on one of the jobs I was working on. And, um, yeah, we fell in love and she wasn't going to move into the fucking pirate house. I'll give you the off tip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honey. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. She only visited once. That was enough. So how do you live like this? How do you not? <laughs> Have you ever tried it? Come yeah. on. Come on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we um, uh, we moved out. There was a friend of mine living in a set of units just around the corner on Marine Parade there. 
And I'm like, oh, fuck, if a unit ever comes up here, you know, and it just so happened one came up right when her and I got together. We were, oh, nice. And I grabbed it straight away. Um, that's where I am still today, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're not together, but um, another nasty person. That lasted a year and then... Should have stayed at the pirate house. Totally right. <laughs> but then when I, when I hurt my elbow, she's like, well, I won't support you. And I'm like, wow, that's what you want to hear from yeah, you. Thanks, Dale. Yeah. And then when, of course, I got the payout, I'm like, well, I won't support you. <laughs> Calm as a bitch, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, I love it. I know. Yeah, when, when she left, I said, look, I'm going to the pub. You just take whatever you think you deserve in the house. I come back to an empty house. Yeah, so I'm sure you would have nothing in there. Nothing, you know. So anyway, whatever. Do you still it. have your bag of clothes, though? Yeah, still got that bag. <laughs> That's yeah. all right. That's all you need. Yeah, so. You can start again. So, yeah, that was it. And then, of course, um, not long after I moved in there, this happened. So yeah. then when she moved out, that compounded the depression. Of you course. Know. Um, and then I just saw how. How'd you get through it? Uh, music. Mates? So no, no one was banging on my door. No. It was, it was not a good time, man. It was, it was uh, yeah, really sad. I went really bad depression. Yeah. Because um, I couldn't surf. I couldn't play drums. I couldn't work. Um, I didn't know where, what was, you know. You must lock yourself inside. Yeah. So then I thought, you know, um, I thought this is, you gotta I, you got to hit the lowest of lows before you can start digging 100%. yourself out. So I thought, right, um, my really good friend who recorded our um, – oh, so at that time, Andy and I were still playing together, but our band dismembered because of this. Yeah, because so, you're um, yeah. yeah, and I said, well, I can still sing because I was a drummer-singer. Um, and then, oh, you know, I said, you know what, all of you is just fuck off. So I said to Andy, you want to just – the two of us, we'll write an album. I said, I'll build another studio and we'll just write this album. And he's like, yeah, cool. So that's what I did. I, I got out of it after years of depression where I couldn't do anything. Um and then just started, you know, teaching myself how to be a sound engineer, YouTube videos, a bit of help from a mate of mine, Caleb Sullivan at Bear Sonics. He is insanely, yeah. he's the most wonderful human being. Him and Rowan Center at Lunar Audio, they have just been monumental. They just were so patient, you know, and I'm like, uh, so what is now what? What does that do? If I do that, what about the <laughs> fucking shut up, boy? But I just had this thirst, this new yeah, yeah. just Something drive. else to learn, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I learnt and learnt and learnt and then um, taught myself how to play bass, you know, and so I learned how to play the bass and then just There's only four strings. So. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play it. Just want to throw that one back out there too. Um, and then I thought, you know, look, I've, I, I'm sick of relying on other people. I'll just do it myself. So yeah. Annie was the, you know, guitar part of it and I'd do everything else and then we'd write a song and and then, you know, I'd put that aside and then I'd write So take me through that process. When you write a song, do you write lyrics then the music or do you write music then the lyrics? Okay, so it depends. <clears throat> Predominantly the debut album was all mainly um, lyrics with the tune in my head. Yeah. Because as I'm laying bricks... Um, and blocks I've do, on my own. So yeah. I just think about music and all these lyrics just come and then I get this tune in my head and then I'll come home and I'll work it out a little bit on the guitar and then and you're just writing and then I'll write it time. down, you know, or if I'm surfing, I usually surf on my own just out the front, you know, yeah. and that is amazing for for writing lyrics and coming up with tunes and then I'll just run in and pen, paper, quick, 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 <laughs> and I can write it down. Oh, shit. She had to get them all? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and then Andy, Andy comes over every Sunday, every Sunday at 7 o'clock in the morning yeah. and we just record and we just write, him and I. That's just, um, and that's, and even though we got the band, yeah. uh, he doesn't want to tour, so, you know, the other guys are like, so you guys write the music? And I'm like, yeah, well, you know. 
The second album's almost written. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's insane. That's just, cool. So Sash. She is the tr- manager. Manager, boss. Boss. She, She's quality ever. control. How'd you find Sash? Sash and mate? I were mates 20-odd years ago. Yeah. When, um, yeah, we had a crush on each other back then. I was, uh, yeah, she was going out with a mate of mine. Um, he used to bash her, but I didn't know mm. um, if I had have known then. But anyway, um, we had crushes on each other um, big time. We didn't do anything about it out of respect for our partners. partners. So um, uh, four years ago I was in James Street in Burley having a chicken wrap. (laughs) (laughs) I love the details. It's great. (laughs) A bit of mayo, a bit of lettuce. A bit of mayo, some lettuce. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and the sun was sort of like shining in the shop. I was sitting out on the bench and she just walked past and I always made a point saying to myself, if I ever see her again, um, I'm just going to ask her out there and then, you know. And sure enough, she walks past and she spotted me. She's like, Nolte. And I'm like, fuck, I haven't heard that name in a while. And I looked up and the sun was right behind me and I'm just, I was like, whoa. It's like an angel. I'm like, <laughs> and um, did you know she was single by now? Or? No, 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 I didn't even know never... what happened to so her. So how long since you'd seen each other? Twenty, 20 years. years. Wow. Yeah. Had she changed much? No. Nah. Still a stunner. How cool is that? Yeah. What a fucking great story. Yeah. Yeah. And why haven't you married yet? Um, <laughs> well, basically, we, we sort of partied, you know, honeymoon yeah. for, for a first year and then, um, you know, the body's not as good as it used to be because, of you know, all the bricklaying and everything over the years. But she goes, Nick, you're a fucking musician. Be one. Love um, it. And the money that was left from all of this, she goes, you know, let's just go for it. And I'm like, really? You want to do it? And she goes, yeah. I said, as long as you manage. She goes, she was going to do a law degree. And I said, you really want to bring, and it was criminal law too, you want to bring all of that home, the scum of the universe coming home, you know, you're going to have to. I said, why don't you manage? She goes, oh, fuck, I didn't think you'd going to ask me. I'd love to. <laughs> Talk about a role fit for the person and vice versa. She's grabbed really? the ball. In, in the last five weeks, we have gone from 147 monthly listeners on Spotify and SoundCloud to 160,000. Oh, boom. No. She sourced Anton Hagop to produce, who's won two Arias. He won an Aria for Powderfingers Volta Street and he won an Aria for Silverchair's Diorama. Wow. She sourced him. Um, She has sourced the album cover, the design, the graphic designers, the this, the that. She has just... It's unbelievable. She has just taken this to places I didn't even think was possible. That's so, awesome, isn't it? Yeah. So My Kind of Chaos is the name of the band. Yes. Why? Where did that come from? So um, we were fucking – we were going through so many names and they're all taken and this and that and so every time Andy and I record a song, I'll, I'll mix it, you know, to the best of my ability yeah. um, and then I will bounce it out onto my phone, you know. Mm-hmm. So then – so I don't have all these songs everywhere on my phone. I just thought I'd put them under a, a heading um, and that was the heading. My Kind of Chaos. My Kind of Chaos. So for ages, Hash and I are looking for band titles, names, and um, I just said, oh, fuck, I should just use this. And she's like, My Kind of Chaos, and instantly her ears, and I'm, I'm like, She's like, that's awesome. I'm like, oh, that's just what I've been calling it for the last few months. She goes, yeah, fuck with. That's the name of the band. I'm like, so. So band members, who's in the band? So there was um, in the videos that uh, that we've got on YouTube yeah. at the moment, there was Andy, myself, my, my friend Lee, <clears throat> who I've been playing music with since I was living in Ocean Grove. He used to be in one of my punk bands. Yeah. He, uh, he still lives down there. Um, but they flew up. 
Danny and I recorded the album, but they flew up for the, you know, uh, for the film clips. Yep. And then, of course, we were going to tour the album. Um, everyone was going to leave their respective jobs and, you know. Tour. Tour. Fucking um, COVID. Fuck me, you know. Uh, so then Steve, the bass guitarist, another guy from Ocean Grove. Sam, um, because I drummed the album, um, Sam is one of Lee's mates from there. He's an accomplished drummer. Yeah, yeah. Um, he... I asked him if he wanted to be in the film clips and then inadvertently be in the band. So he said yes. Uh, and then, um, so that was the band. You know, that's every, all the film clips you'll see, um, that's those guys. That's you guys. Um, and then I wrote all the scripts for the, for the film clips because um, we did script writing when I was back doing acting and directing. So I yeah. thought, learned that skill. I learned that. Tick. So Let's I thought, go. why pay someone, man? This has been our biggest thing. You know, I can't, everyone we tried to help, I get to help us, they just let us down constantly. Mm. At every turn, you just get there and then, oh, I got this. And I'm like, how do I get in on that? Oh, I've got other important things. I'm like, but I'm paying you. How do I get on your important list? Is there a fucking way to pay extra money? <laughs> You know, oh, there's, I've got, I've got a thing. I can't make it today. I've got this other client. I'm like, oh, I'm your client. Yeah, How shit, do, isn't yeah, it? Fuck off. Yeah. So, and Sash goes, honey, you can do this. You, you know, you can direct, you can write. You've written all the scripts. So, two of them were directed by another girl. I'm not going to mention her name because other reasons. But yeah. anyway, um, but the other three, um, I directed. Yeah. Um, and they, they actually got more hits on YouTube. Love so, it. Um, and one was called uh, Feed Your Ego, which is the second song of the uh, debut album. And it's about narcissists on Facebook. And it's probably the punkiest song in the album. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, Sash goes, look, what you should do for the film clip is we just do a, you know, have a, a mock-up gig and have people there and you have two girls down the front, you know, taking selfies with the band and not actually interested in seeing the music or listening to the music. They're just there to, you know, take selfies and big yeah. note themselves. And then we can have a big Facebook thumbs-up cake made and then at the end you just all fucking throw cake at them. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. So that's what we went with. And I said, as long as you play one of the chicks in the film clip. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. um... She's like, yeah, cool. So we, we had this, uh, we didn't know where we were going to shoot it. Um, we had a place, but once again we got let down. And so we put an ad in the, in the bloody sash. She's done all this. She's put the uh, ad on Gumtree. Want to shoot, uh, band wants to shoot film clip, going to be a cake fight. And Kat and Jed from Jed's Lemonade up in the bloody hills in the Tally Valley go, oh, boy, have we got a place for you. <laughs> so we went up there. We said, look, we're going to throw cakes. They go, should we have a party? Let's just have a big party. How many people do you need? And we're like, you're fucking awesome. So that's what we did. And then on the day that we were going to shoot that, it doesn't rain on the Gold Coast for 364 days yeah, a year. The one that, that we day. did, we had that last big thing was 40-something. Yeah, meals. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're kidding me. And then someone slipped over the very first part of the morning on the shoot day. Someone slipped over, knocked a big PA speaker over, hit Andy on the head, and Andy is out cold. We've got a guitarist unconscious on the concrete in a puddle of piss. And I'm like, this is not good for the day. I couldn't Jesus. believe it. Yeah. Was he all right? Yeah, yeah. He had a big leg on his head, but he got up and he he stole the show. So <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's, he's fucking older than I am. Knocked some sense in him. Let's go. So he, um, yeah, it was. So it, was, it turned out to be a great day and then it was really hot and humid 
And then Sash and Kat could see everyone was wavering, you know, and they just said, you know what, we need to get everyone fucked up. So that's what they did. They just brought out all the good booze. Um, you know, uh, it was just ended up being <laughs> a good party. A good party. <laughs> and we shot this thing and I, yeah. And so that's online now? Yeah, yeah. It's What's on that YouTube? called? Feed Your Ego. Feed Your Ego. Yeah, so we shot that on the Saturday. The guys flew up on the Thursday. We shot that on the, no, they flew up on the... On the Friday, sorry, and then we shot that on the Saturday and then we shot two more in a studio, in a photographic studio on the Sunday and we literally were were getting through the second film clip on the Sunday and their plane was about to leave. Oh, really? And I said, we got one take to get this, guys, so let's just go for it. And we did and we got it. Did one take? Yeah. It was a bit of a... um, Bob Dylan slash Benny Hill kind of thing. I didn't want to do like a, just a lyric video. Yeah. So Sasha and I wrote out all the lyrics on cards and then we all just passed the cards to each other in slow motion and then we sped it up. Yeah. The director, uh, the director, the cameraman, he's like, I'm not quite picking up what you're trying to achieve here, Nick. And I'm like, it'll all make sense, trust me. Anyway, so we found an app that slows the music down. Um to the exact speed that we needed when we passed it, you yeah. know. And, uh, oh, fuck, it turned out so funny. Oh, and really? the cards got muddled and then I was just <laughs> go with it. And, of course, you can't me, hear me yelling out directions or because it's in fast motion. Yeah. What are we doing during the lead break? Let's just have a big all-in fight, but it's all in slow motion. <laughs> Fucking funny shit. So, um, Isn't it funny, though, happened. like when you, were, when you were hitchhiking your mate with his cassette? Yeah. And now it's I still just got the all cassette. online. Yep. It's like you're, you're directing yeah. video clips. I know. And put up there and get feedback today. Yeah, it's insane. He started it all. It's a different world, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and the band that he gave me, um, SNFU, the, uh, they've toured Australia a couple of times and both times I got up on stage and sung with him. Oh, really? He let me on stage because yeah. I knew all the words. Uh, he's, he died two weeks ago. Oh, that's Yeah, sorry. we're actually putting a, on the second album, we pulled a song off to Put, we're going to do a cover of um, one of my favourite SNFU songs on the second album as a tribute to him. That's awesome. Yeah, he's an amazing, he's the best front man ever, yeah. So how do you release music these days? Is it just okay. on Spotify? Is it an album so or what this is it? Is, this is the million-dollar question. Um, we had no idea to start with. So Sash is the research queen. She yeah. is just... I, I banged my head against the wall and I was getting <laughs> depressed about, you know, the, how do we get it out there? So first you get a distributing company. So we got Ditto Music in Melbourne. They put it on all the platforms. Um, they take care of everything from, uh, you know, they they give you monthly statements of where it's selling. You yeah. basically get on about 15 streaming platforms on 240 countries around the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it costs a bit and then obviously you can do marketing release yeah, things course. with them as well. Yeah. Um, and then so they put it everywhere. But it's getting – it's all very well just to have something on Spotify – Unless you network. Sorry, no one's going to listen. No one, you're invisible, man. Of course. So there's all of these other things. You've got to have ISRC codes on there. If the format's not right, you're invisible. If this, and we didn't know it. Like we, you know, we have so learnt so much, so much so that we are actually going to create a business where we offer this for bands that have little or no income yet and have a budget we can offer 
all this information and help them do it. Oh, mate. Yeah, that's, that's what, awesome. That's the next move. So, so get completely out of the building and immerse ourselves in this. So Sash will market them. Yep. And they go, okay, you got this budget because we've got so many resources now and we know who to send them to. And I can, on a budget, um, record them in my studio and then um, – uh, you know, mix it and get it out there for them, you know. Well, that's exactly what we've done, mate. We created Podfire specifically for that reason. Yeah. Because it's so hard to find a podcast. It is. Because there's a billion of them. Yeah. So we created our own platform and people host with us. Yeah, that that's, was it. That's good. That's what happened. When Great I, way when, to do it. Yeah, when I bust them arm, I thought, you know, I'll just do it yourself. And it's just gone from learning how to be a sound. Or just It's gone from learning how to just record. Yep. To, to where it, where it's gone. And I'm just like, Sasha's like, you know, we hit 160,000 monthly That's listeners huge. today and Sasha's gone, we did this, just her and I did it. Yeah. The two of us. That's pretty you know? cool, isn't it? Yeah. So Andy and I, we're the only two who wrote the album, so all everything. Comes back to you guys. Yeah, you know, because the other guys can't tour now. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy to say that we have an amazing new lineup. Um, we're going to be sort of doing a whole promotion around that later in the year. Um, some amazing musicians. We just so is re- it my kind of cows version two? Version two, two point yeah. yeah. So we um, we auditioned this incredible drummer last weekend named Coco. He's Hungarian, covered in tats. Yeah. Uh, so what's know. the music now? Is it punk? Is no, it light look, punk? Well, well, Annie's rock and roll. You know, oh, okay. Annie was ACDC, yeah. the Angels, you know, uh, whereas I was, you know, Dead Kennedys, DRI, Suicidal Tendencies, yeah. fucking SNFU, you know. <laughs> so what you hear is a blend. A mix. Yeah, you know, and then, for instance, the first song on the album, um, Down the River, Anton grabbed that song. He goes, I don't know what it is about this song, but I want to make it my own. And I'm like, and he goes, can I change stuff? And I go, you can change whatever you want, mate. You won two fucking ARIA rewards. <laughs> and he goes, isn't the drummer going to get and the bass player going to get there? No, I am them. Right, exactly. Really? Yeah. yeah. What about Andy? He doesn't give a fuck. He's mowing lawns for the rest of his He's like, oh, my God, get me a towel. I'm drawing. Like, you know, normally you get these pretentious, yeah, oh, I worked yeah. hard on that lead. Right, fuck off. Just have a crack. Yeah, change what you want, mate. So we gave him... Um, we gave him, you know, creative control. We said, look, here it is to the best of our ability. You do whatever you want. So we went down there and, um, yeah. And, and did you like what he did with it? Oh, I, we cried. Really? We got Making Zombies back, which is the heaviest song on the album. It's about the ice epidemic. Um, and we got that song back and put it through my monitors in my studio. Sasha and I and sat there and I'm like, you ready? She's like, yep. Yeah. Like, Fuck, I'm nervous. And we push play. <laughs> And we were ju- it blew the f- windows out of the place nearly. Yeah. We were just blown away. It was it was the most incredible thing. And then Anton teams up with Matt Gray at Matt Gray Mastering in Brisbane, and he's a drummer. Uh-huh. And he's like, "So how do you want this?" And I'm like, "He goes, Anton says you're a drummer." I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Leave it with me, mate. I think I know how to work on it." Good man. He got it right. <laughs> he got it so right in the first song. So it was insane, you know. That's pretty cool, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it was incredible. So but, uh, how many songs do you reckon you've written in your life? Oh, man, fucking heaps. 100? 500? Yeah, oh, you know, 200. What's the best yeah. lyrics you've ever written? Best lyrics I've ever written? It's amazing you say that because it comes with a great fucking story. Yeah. So, um... 
Uh, there's a song on the album called, and this was, most of the songs on there were written yonks ago in those 10 years that yeah, yeah. I've been writing, you know. They've just been obviously uh, reformatted as my engineering skills got better and my writing got better and my ability to play, you know, bass Different and everything else. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so we'd always have to revisit, oh, I've written this again. And he's like, fuck, how many versions of this song? Anyway, <laughs> but there was one song on the album called, it's called Better Than This. Um and we were going to, we employed a dude to film and shoot and direct Feed My Ego. We presented him with these ideas that Sash said and no, no, no. Anyway, he, after months and months, he had nothing and tried to charge us $5,500 for brainstorming. And I'm like, brainstorming? Are you? Wow. I ended up taking him, to, had to, you know, try and get our money back because we paid a $2,500 deposit. And, he, and I said, look, mate, you haven't done any work. Just give us our coin back. We'll do it ourselves. Don't worry about it, you know. No, you know, we were trying to be nice about it. And then tried to defame me on with, with you know, to leave a paper trail and saying horrible things about me. And I'm like, what the, you know. And then I got a lawyer who didn't know shit about anything. And I'm, <laughs> so I'm like, so then this, this anger got in me. So I went to work and. Um, I wrote these these lyrics, you know, which come to me when I'm passionate about something. Yeah, yeah of course. Anyway, um, I thought, so that was one part of the song that I wrote about him and I thought I could actually write a different format of a song which every part of the song is a different thing that annoys the shit out of me about yeah. these selfish people on this fucking planet. You know, yeah. it's an amazing planet filled with greed and awful human beings. So that's what I did and um, and I got home and, and I... Um, showed Sash all the lyrics and I didn't have the breakdown or the outro um, for the song and we were in our last week because Anton said, uh, where's all the vocals for the songs? And I said, I haven't sung them yet. And he goes, well, i got an opening in four weeks. So you better get singing, boy. So I quit my job. <laughs> I quit and lived off our savings yeah, yeah. and just sung for four weeks. And I got really big and fat because all I did was sit in the studio and sing and Sash kept feeding me and keep me hydrated. And um, and then it was, it was the Tuesday and we were flying down to the Blue Mountains to his studio on the Friday. And um, I, I had, I'm like, Sash, I got nothing. I, I need – she goes, what should I do? Should I go shopping? And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll you know, do that. So she goes, you always do your best work and I'm not here. So, <laughs> when I'm shopping. Yeah. <laughs> so you can go to the beach. You don't have to exactly. go. <laughs> so anyway, um, and she came back and I'd wrote, written these lyrics uh, and she's like, you know, she was always used to say, okay, you know, those lyrics are shit or whatever. Uh, so for her to come in and go, oh, my God, don't fucking change a thing. I'm like, you like it? And she goes, yeah. So I, I wrote them on the Tuesday, sung them on the Wednesday, edited them on the Thursday, and we flew down on the Friday with it all on a stick and presented it to him. So, Are you going to tell me the lyrics? Can you talk me through them? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Tell me the story. Um, okay, so... Uh, the first part of the song is directed at um, our wonderful government who gives, you know, incentives for kids, uh, mothers to have children and all that. Again, mm. You know, you get often heroin addicts having kids just so they can Lots shoot kids up. kids get so more money, yeah. The first uh, thing goes, have another kid to get more welfare, one more child who won't get health care. The shot in the arm is yours alone. You're what's wrong with the world. Um, that's the first part. Boom. Yeah. Love it. And then it goes... Um, I was having, I was watching the news and having a crack, uh, having to listen to all the big pharma in America and what they're doing, you know, with all these drugs. You know, that guy bought that company and then he's trying to 
charged everyone 850 yeah. yeah, so a big farmer got me, so will. 400 bucks for just one pill. There ain't no cash if you sell the cure. You're what's wrong with the world. Uh, so that was the second part of it. I love how it's in bits. That's yeah, sick. Yeah, I've never going. written a song like this. The one, the one directed at him was... <clears throat> I haven't warmed up. I can't sing. Um, <laughs> you haven't heard the last from me. You're a backyard Hollywood wannabe. You wear your greed like a fucking disease. You're what's wrong with the world. So that was directed <laughs> right at him. Yeah. yeah. So you, you felt a lot better after that. Oh, you should. And I, you can hear it in the in the on the uh, album. I sung it with so much passion. You yeah. know, it was like you're fucking. And in the video when we shot the video, um, uh. I had a pill, um, uh, 400 bucks for just one. I throw the pill at the, at the camera. <laughs> and then in the part where I say, um, you wear your greed like a fucking disease, I basically nearly grabbed the camera. <laughs> you wear your greed like a from pointing, pointing fucking disease. And, uh, yeah. So, Keep going. Rest of the song. Uh, so then um, what's the breakdown, the part I wrote? Do you kind of feel like Oh, come on. I know my own lyrics here. I'm <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. Yeah, you have. Do you, do you kind of feel? Anyway, I'll, I'll get to it. But, um, yeah, so. So they're then, the best lyrics you've ever written? Uh, well, then there's some others in the middle about a little bit about religion. Um, don't get me started. So um, I'm hearing now. Yeah. You're, so, you're, you're hitting all the marks in yeah, Bible. Yeah, you know, um, it was funny when we posted the video. Um, we, the only people who didn't like the song were from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to finish this podcast with that song, with your permission. Absolutely. We're going to, we're going to put it out there at the end. Yeah, awesome. So what's the song called? Better Than This. And is that your best song you've ever written? Mm, musically, I would have no, to. No, best song you've ever written. <laughs> what That's felt the most for you, that's given you that? Uh, down to Mexico, it's, it's, it's the first single off the second album. Yeah. I've only just written it. Yeah. So they're just, getting better every time you write the song. Go, oh, fuck, that's the best one. Yeah. Oh, mate. Oh, you should do this one, love. Well, well Sasha is my quality control. She comes in sometimes. Two songs didn't make this first album because she came in. I wrote a song called Crazy about my depression with my that album. Way, yeah. And she goes, oh, my God, I fucking fell asleep yonks ago. This is shit. <laughs> that's not going on the album. That's why it's an eight-song album. She's a keeper. Absolutely. And then she goes uh, a while back, she goes, okay, look, I get the first song, the album is, you know, you've got a lot of things that they're all, like I don't write empty, empty lyrics. Mm. I try not to, you know, being a punk and everything. Or, you know, post-punk. Post-punk. <laughs> is that what you call yourself? I don't know. The post-punk fucking era. Fucking labels these days. <laughs> um, so she goes, look, why don't you write about, you know, because I, I love Mexico. I've, you know, we, me and three of my mates, we travelled from Panama to Canada. It took us a year and we surfed the whole nice. coast. We lived in the jungle in Costa Rica and everything. Yeah, and yeah. It was insane, but there were so many stories coming out. She goes, why don't you write a song about travelling and that? So I went for a surf and that was when I literally came in and wrote the whole song in out in the surf and yeah. wrote it in one sitting and I already had the music written and um, I put it to that and she's like, Fuck, this is so that's going to be the <laughs> song first one, single album two, album two, and that's going to be we're actually going to do a release. Oh, I probably shouldn't say, oh, we'll release that single this year, awesome, with a film clip with a, mm-hmm. with a new band lineup, with a new lineup, yeah. So Anton's going to do 
Um, he's he's signed. He's he's said he wants to do the next two albums or however many with us. That's awesome. So uh, and he's such an amazing. Look how excited you get. I know. You talk about, I, just, I, know. I fucking love it. I know. I can speak to you all day. This is this is this I is could... one of my favourite podcasts. Just the fact <laughs> that mate, your enthusiasm lights up the room, and the fact that Thanks, you just man. you've had a crack at life. That's the most Look, important. Yeah, thing. we we left ourselves with nothing. There's no backup plan. But that's fine. Yeah, we 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 you know have a crack, make it work, crack. and if it doesn't, you'll fucking Something out. Yeah, you found we, the bird that says no to you. Oh, she is hey? unreal. She's unbelievable. And the fact that you knew her twenty years before yeah. is just bizarre. Yeah, it's isn't a bizarre it? love story. But we really want to help others. We want to give back. Yeah, which is what um, once we get established. But that's the reason you succeed because yeah. you want to give back. Yeah. It's not all about you. It's no, about it's others. not. You know, because we we learned all this. You know, we made our mistakes. Of course. And we learned all this on the fly. You know, from Sasha's research, and you know. Um, but we now that we know we, we have the formula um, and there's so many people on fucking Instagram and hearing that and for this amount of money I'll give them a secrets away. Mm. It's like, look, we'll, you tell us oh, your yeah. budget and we'll record your album, fucking, you know, market your album, show you where you can we'll do We'll even do the film clip for I'll you. Even, I'll <laughs> even write and direct the fucking film clip, honestly. That's brilliant. Yeah. Mate, I always love finishing my podcast with some quick fire questions. Ready? Go for it. Greatest achievement in life? Sasha. Oh, I love that. Person who's had the most influence on your career or you personally? Um, my father. That's awesome. Favourite food? Favourite food? Um, Sasha's lamb roasts. I want some of that lamb roast. Yeah, it's Favourite song? Favourite song, The Pretender by Foo Fighters. Even though I'm punk, that song just gets me every time. Mate, mine's... Um Mr. Jones by Counting Crows. Nice. It's just fun. You know that song. Yes. There's always yeah. the yeah. song. That's mine. Uh, favorite place in the world? Mexico. Where in Mexico? Puerto Escondido. There we go. That was quick. Yep. Would you live there? I'd love to. I can't. All this is so I can live there. Fair enough. No, it's biggest surf, biggest beach break, surfable beach break on the planet, and that's just ridiculous. <laughs> What's next for Nick? Nick is this year's huge, just music, music. Now that yeah. we have finally found the members um, who are all frothing, we're at our very first band meeting next Sunday at the Bridge um, Hotel. Are you filming this stuff? Yeah, we're going to film yeah. everything. We're going to film everything from now on. Because I've had to come up with all this content, you know, because all the guys are in Victoria. Yeah. Um, so they've all had to go. Um, I just... I just film everything and make content because I'm an editor, so I do all the own my own editing. I turn myself out of edit now, and I can just film everything and editing. And, That's perfect, mate. You Especially know. this is the start of something special. I it's, think it uh, is. So and the thing is, if you can get it all on on film now. Yeah. It, yeah. uh, it helps in the future when they're starting to read things off laser and shit, so it's not like a cassette. Yeah, so we're <laughs> going to film all our first rehearsals next Sunday, um, and it's just you know leaps and bounds. Just music. I just I'm so excited for this music. I'm finally that reach I was telling you about. Yeah, you reach I, can, it. I can touch it. Yeah, you know, like we'll grab it with both fucking hands to, and make it work. Yeah, mate. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much. This has been my pleasure. I can fucking talk underwater with a mouthful of. Marvels, I can sit here all day. Well, let's make it work. Let's make this band go off its chops. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Bye. What an amazing human. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you enjoy the rest of the Podfire podcasts and I really hope that you enjoyed Awesome Humans. Reach out to us on Podfire and all the social media channels as well as BJ Macker uh, to reach out to me personally. Have a great day. 